I'm getting married in the morning. Ding dong, you hear the church bell ringing. She have me yellow baby, and I'm gonna mine it. So take me to the church on time. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Patrick Rico Williams. Again, Patrick Rico Williams, and I am the host of Stewed Oxtails. This is essentially a podcast um, that I'm creating for, um, so I'm an author, I'm an author of like, um, Jesus is Black, but I'm also coming out with a book called um, Immigrants, and that's coming out in the fall, so very soon, and I decided that like, as a part of that release, I wanted to create a companion project, um, so I wanted to create a podcast that also kind of changes the narrative on what immigration and immigrants are. Because um, there's been a lot of rhetoric regarding those things. And I just kind of wanted to create spaces for us to have the conversation where we can actually like show representation. So I'm using some of my stories. Um, I'm using, and I'm allowing space for other people to do the same. Um, the goal is for us to have guests on this at some point in the future. Uh, but again, we're just creating a space where people can kind of speak about their immigration story. Um, and... The book is coming out soon, so it actually does more to say about me. Because again, the idea is we're trying to dispel the myth of what immigrants are seen, of how immigrants are seen in this country. Because again, it is dangerous. It is, it's a dangerous narrative. It's a narrative that is hurting people. It's imprisoning people. It's doing a lot that to people who have literally been through. To people who have decided that like things are going, things aren't really going ideally in the country that they're from, so they're essentially picking up their lives and moving to go somewhere else, right? So there's the idea of America doing this really good job of promotion and saying, hey, we are the land of opportunity, blah, 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 but then being upset when people come to collect on the dream that you've sold us. Uh, so this kind of like puts in some context that this kind of puts this in like it, this kind of puts puts this in context and gives you some idea of what some of our stories are again this isn't the end all be all because i don't have the story for all immigrants but again i can share mine because i think a part of this comes from sitting on a not necessarily sitting on a silence because again you speak and you say things when when narratives are, are brought up so when people are speaking about refugees when people are speaking about like a lot of other minoritized groups like you're able to speak and you're able to like say something to kind of help kind of defend kind of advocate but it wasn't from a knowing place so this was my opportunity to do so from a knowing place so yeah um immigrants is coming soon and i wanted to create a platform where people could share those stories so that is stewed oxtails um for people who don't know, oxtails are probably like the greatest meal. I'm a fan of beef. Um, I'm a fan of beef in a literal sense and in a, what is it called? And in a, uh, I'm so, I'm good with words and I don't like that I don't remember this. I'm a fan of beef in a literal sense and a metaphorical sense. So, <laughs> so um, stewed oxtails are probably the greatest meal on the just in the world um so and i've seen this meme floating around a couple times as well and it kind of speaks to like how 
prevalent and how great it is. The idea of like you not letting anybody treating you, you not allowing anyone to treat you in any way because you are oxtail gravy, which means you are great, you are powerful, you are like you are the thing that makes the rest of the plate better. You are oxtail gravy. So yeah, I wanted to, um, and I'm sure you've seen the cover. So there's like a play on the word because obviously this is a podcast. So ox as in like auxiliary cable and tales as in stories so yeah i just kind of wanted to put something together that was a nod to culture but also was funny and made sense um so yeah i'm gonna go so the first thing i'm gonna do like i've spoken about the book in a little a little bit but i'm going to read a an excerpt from the book just to kind of give you an idea and again it's one of the stories that will be in the book um just to give you some idea of what the book is about and give you a feel for it. Um, obviously, I'm free for any questions about the book. You can send them to me. You can send them. You can put them wherever this is posted. Um, you can like put the questions there because I still need to figure that part out because I do want this to be interactive. Because as it stands, it feels like I'm in a room talking to myself and I'd much rather the conversation. But um, yeah, here we go. So this is from a piece called 12 Months, A Chicken Farmer. Again, 12 Months, A Chicken Farmer. In 1998, my mother's employment situation changed. The company she'd worked for had changed hands and there were layoffs. After 17 years of progressively rising up the ranks, from temporary secretary to managerial roles, it was time for a new challenge. If there's ever been a thing to admire or marvel at in regards to my mother, it's our unflappable will and iron-forged faith. She's been the personification of the saying that no one promised that the weapons would not be forged, but that they wouldn't prosper. My family grew up firmly entrenched into Jamaican politics. Grandma spent the greater part of her six, the 60s and 70s as a city councillor during the, most, the country's most dangerous and political climate. Adjudicating conflicts in her bar, a watering hole that served both prime ministers, market peddlers, and Port Maria's most legendary liquor-filled philosophers. A revered figure in St. Mary, it was easy to get lost in political campaigns. So in 97, an election year, my mother, driving through the Hampstead district, pulled the car over and showed Grandma a pink house sitting on over three acres, telling her, I'm buying this. It was a declaration made sans the physical resources to pull it off. But again, faith. A year later, her severance package manifested into deposit. Being newly unemployed and detached from her city, a runway cleared and she jumped. And I became a chicken farmer. I was three years into a school I did not like. It's incredibly easily easy in retrospect to rep Calabar heavily. At the time, however, I wasn't a fan. It wasn't one of my choices. There were no girls there. <laughs> the school had a bad reputation. My best friend got his choice. And frankly, I was jealous. Over time, it got better. I started creating community joined a service organization, not because my mother and my brother were already members, but because on one gloomy day on the desolate Rabelac Plains, we saw them, girls. Three daring gazelles seemingly lost on the wrong side of the jungle. As Calabar lions, we had to investigate. An entire legacy of advocacy and activism was birthed in that moment, predictably by following my dick. I eventually realized this was an opportunity to travel throughout Kingston. It was essentially a key to the most high schools in the parish. I'd hop on random buses after school 
introducing an entirely new cast of characters into my life. Doors opened up to conventions, parties thrown at other schools, just amazing experiences that I would not be privy to encased behind the walls of an all-boys school. Academically, however, I just scored a 30, under 30% on the finals exam. This was an all-time low. There were reasons to leave. My one-year stint at St. Mary High School started with a tense exchange with my homeroom teacher. I don't think my mother's Toyota Hiace had, had left the gates on campus yet. While calling attendance, I was urged to introduce myself to my new classmates. My teacher would feed the questions, and I, while standing at my desk, would answer. What's your name? Patrick Williams. At the time, the Rico was silent. Where was your last school? Calabar High. Where do you live? So this question was doubly problematic. I'm not okay with the concept of divulging my address or general tracking information to a class full of strangers. The practice was never encouraged in my household. The questions were becoming increasingly invasive, and I just didn't have the language to express that yet. Also, I'd just moved in a couple of days prior. In all honesty, I didn't know where I lived. So I said that. Like, I just moved two days ago. I can't tell you the address. I don't know. You don't want to tell us where you live? There are words specifically created for interactions like these. But I can't have my mother coming back on the first day because I cussed out a teacher. I was annoyed and I wanted the entire embarrassing exchange to be over. I live in a house. The class erupted in laughter. Well, Mr. Williams, I'll have you know that in St. Mary, we all live in houses too. Teachers, this is exactly how to lose a student in the first two minutes. Um, the rest of the story will be in the book, obviously. Um, this is an excerpt. But again, let me know what you think. Um, and this first one is going to be short because I just kind of want you to get a feel of like what the podcast is. Right? So I'm going to end this with a reading from the Jamaican New Testament Bible. It's, the, it's a Jamaican Pato Bible. Um, I think it's phenomenal. Um, it's the readings coming from Second Corinthians. Um, yeah, I'm also sick, so that's why we're ending this early. Um, Second Corinthians, um, chapter eleven, verses seven and eight. So I'll read it in Patwa first, then I'll read it in um, King James version, I guess, because I don't remember what the reads, what the what the default on this is. Anyway. When we preach God good news to and about Jesus, sorry, let me start over. When we preach God good news about Jesus to and but they do it for free. We never charge you nothing. We put myself down low so that we could have lift one up. I said, me that I said when, when I said, me that I said when we do, do them something there. I like saying me the thief and other church them because I take the money from them so I could have helped one That was the Patro version and let me read the the version, the other King James version. Have I committed an offense in abasing myself that ye might be exalted? Because I have preached to you the gospel of the God freely. I robbed the other churches, taking wages from them to do you a service. Anyway, so we're wrapping this up now. My name is Patrick Rico Williams. Again, Patrick Rico Williams. For more information, reach out to me on Facebook. Um, Facebook, I'm barely there, but that's somewhere you can reach out to me. Um, Facebook, um, and it's Patrick Rico Williams on Facebook. Um, it is 
On Instagram, it's at Patrick Rico Williams. On Twitter, it's at Rico the God. That is R I C O D A G A W D. Again, R I C O D A G A W D. Um, my website is PatrickRicoWilliams.com. Uh, again, PatrickRicoWilliams.com. Yeah, so reach out to me if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. Um, thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Um, the book is coming out soon. Look out for immigrants. It's coming out this fall. Um, talk to you later. Peace.